Hi, you're listening to Permission to Be Honest, a safe environment to have difficult conversations in a lighthearted way. I'm Kara, and I'm Ricky, and we're your hosts. This is a space that allows for curiosity and questioning when it comes to controversial topics. This is your Permission to Be Honest. Okay. Today, I want to talk about being responsible for your own joy. You're responsible for your own joy. Mm-hmm. I think we need to say this is our first podcast away from each other. Oh, this is it. You're first in time not, not in the same. Not in the same kitchen or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in Germany. I'm in America podcasting over Zoom. I also think that, like, we're officially maybe at a year. The podcasting? Yeah. Whoop, whoop. I don't know. Maybe, like, in a week or so, I think we're at a year. Yeah. Crazy. You, you hooked me on to so far. Broke um, into this. Broke me into this. Anyway, I'm still doing this. <laughs> All right. So being responsible for your own joy. Being responsible. I feel like this is something that comes up often in relationships. Yeah. Um, romantic relationships with a partner. It's also something that we preach a lot to our children. Right. Um. It's a concept that for me was pretty foreign until 2017 when I started working with Anna. Right. I was going to say, I feel like this is, it's not something that we both grew up having knowledge of or felt like this was. No, because I mean, honestly, society, like society loves a martyr, right? So concept of foregoing your own joy for the joy of others is something that I feel is celebrated in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And doing what you want to do is seen as selfish or inconsiderate a lot of times. Right. Um, I would say with this, when I was thinking about it earlier, I feel like this is something that I knew, but I was like, it was like not beaten out of me, but it was conditioned out of me where it was like, this was like you said, this was thought of as being selfish or, but like, I don't know if it's my personality or me as a, a nine. Like I always feel like there's times where I just need to get away. I need to regroup. I need to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's negative where it's like, okay, like I, I sit on my phone for an hour or whatever, but it's, I feel like it's always something where I need to, make time for myself to make sure that I'm happy or I stay up late and watch TV, but, but because that's just like my time to alone. Like it's like, you need to withdraw. Right. I need to regret. And that's my way of kind of doing it with myself and kind of making myself happy and make sure I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. doing all the right things. Cause I think also naturally like my default is to make everybody happy. To yeah, so to want everyone else. First. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think for me, it's not, I don't think of it as being selfish. I just think of it as like, I don't know, something within me just feels like 
I don't know. It's it's I want I want peace. I want everything to go smoothly. So if you're happy, we're happy. Then I can. I know this sounds bad. Then I can ultimately be happy myself. <laughs> I mean, that is an accurate description of you. That. Like, I mean, yeah. that is an accurate description of you. You you have a really hard time being happy if the people around you are not. Ooh, I do not. Okay, now I'm getting to the point where it's not everyone, but still, it's still like the important people in my life. If, if if they're in a bad mood, then I I cannot possibly be in a good mood. Like it stresses me out. Yes, yes, and I it's would say this. This is going off on a tangent, kind of, but there are no tangents. So there are no tangents, as my <laughs> mayor Rob Bell would say. Um, this makes it difficult for you because Sydney, our middle child, is rarely. I wouldn't say happy. Is rarely satisfied. Satisfied, right? Yes. It's always. He's rarely satisfied. Yeah. It's just who he is, right? Right. And it's taken both of us a lot of work to recognize, like, that doesn't mean he's unhappy, and that's not our responsibility. Right. Yeah, it it because I I automatically want to fix it. I'm like, yo, you could do this, you could do that. Like, this is an option, or what about this? And I'm like, I can't, I I can't settle, or I can't have peace until I know like that he's he's fully he's, satisfied, and that's an right. impossible task because I'm not sure he will ever be fully satisfied. Even when he is, it's short lived, very right. short. And like you said, we know that he's he's fine and that he's happy. Yes, what looks like suffering. To us, right, is not suffering for him. Right, I think parents so often do that, where we put ourselves in the place of our child and think, if that were me, I would be suffering, or I would be miserable, or I would be terrified, or I, you know what I mean. And then we project those feelings onto our child instead of recognizing that they're their own little humans. Just because we made them, they're not like reflections of us. us. Yeah. Yeah. And so recognizing like, oh yeah, I would be suffering if I felt that way. But for Sid, that's, that's part of the course. Like that's that's where he lives. That's that's, that's normal. That's his comfort that's, zone. Right. And, and allowing him to have his process because his process is very different. Right. Than my process or your process. Right. Um as say? far as relationships and coming back to Sid later like this is something that we have had to really preach to him because Sid's the type of child well we'll just do it now we won't do it later this is a child where or person where he kind of needs someone to go through right like yeah it has to be someone's fault right um it's kind of like this me against it's like it's how he motivates himself like i'm gonna overcome something right like so yeah me against the world or me against, against the world sure. like yeah. he needs this at this point in his life he needs this right and so we're constantly telling him like you're responsible for your own happiness and he gets really annoyed by that 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 drives him crazy it drives him crazy <laughs> because we're supposed to make him happy right also if things don't go well, he needs it to be someone's fault. And when we say, 
oh no this is this is on you like if you're right. like he's like you're ruining my day yeah. no if you choose to have your day ruined that's with 100 within your power yeah. you're allowing your sister to ruin your day you know and like that is something that really eats him up and probably most people to be fair like right most people want to make it someone else's fault when things don't go well right you made me angry you like and i have to catch myself because i'll think of that like with the kids i want to be like talk about ruining someone's day <laughs> <laughs> right um but by pausing and recognizing that you and you alone have the power over what kind of day you have yeah what um kind of mood you're going to agree to what kind of perspective and like that's not mm -hmm. saying that the ga the glass is always you know half full and you have on rose colored glasses or whatever like sometimes you have a really shitty day but right. just owning like yep yeah that was shitty like you that know was what? shitty day today like and not making it someone's fault yeah it's like i was i had a bug day you know things didn't go my way like yep that was it that was it yeah <laughs> yeah um, i think i was gonna say that's what um i like so much like about rob bell i just listened to his latest book and it was just saying like like a lot of it's your fears and then like like you being able to just say, yep, like that might happen, or yep, like that would suck if that happened, or just like acknowledging it, mm -hmm. then it it kind of like puts a ball back in your court and saying like, and you can reflect and see how it ultimately like you're the one that in control and you're the one that's responsible for your mood or your own happiness. Yeah, because to me it's an empowering thing, right? Like yeah. it's all on you. Are you going to retain that power or are you going to give that power to someone else and we have this a lot with marley and sydney as far as you know why are you giving her so much power why are you giving her the power to bring your day right you know why are you giving him the power to make you in a bad mood now mm -hmm. and i think sorry i think it's what is important what you said earlier about um like that doesn't mean that you're not looking at things as shitty or you're not looking at yeah. A bad situation or you like you were like oh yeah that does suck but um, or i am angry like yeah. you can recognize like i'm really angry right it i think that's hard for me someone else's fault to recognize like my negative emotion emotion yeah and just say you know i am angry or i am cranky or like that did annoy me mm -hmm. um yeah i think that that's important i'm glad you said that because i think when you talk about a lot of like spiritual awakening things or not even spiritual just a different way of thinking it like it's it's assumed that it's come from a place of privilege or that you can only be this way when, when things, things are, are going well mm -hmm. yeah but that's that's not the case like you can it's you know it takes some learning and some getting used to but i think it's it definitely something that's important and that maybe people could use it more um instead of waiting like I know with some spiritual things, I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna get to this place first and then I'm gonna do that. And then I'm gonna do it instead of, yeah, yeah like you need it when you're in the weeds. And right. I think being annoyed, like that's a really good example. Like, yes, that really annoyed me. And then the practice is actually turning to yourself yeah. and like 
oh, why did that annoy me? What within me did that show me that I don't like instead of making the person annoying, right? Like, oh, like you're so annoying. You annoyed me and flip the script to like, okay, that what you did annoyed me. Why did that annoy me? Obviously you showed me something about myself I don't like because that's the only time you really get annoyed. When you have the mirror held up, you know, usually that person's doing a behavior that you don't like in yourself. And that's why it's annoying. Yeah. I think once I started doing that, it was empowering, but also like, like, (laughs) geez, like I didn't realize, like, I like, I was like, I never thought I was that person or I never, you know, thought that I had that quality. Yeah, that quality. And uh, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, I think. And it's a hard pill to swallow. But it's also really, as a parent, that's been the game changer for me. Yeah. Because the behavior is, there's nothing wrong with my kid. If I'm upset with their behavior, it's because it's bringing up something to me I don't like. Because my kids right. are who they're meant to be, right? And it's right. not my job to mold them into little robots or whatever like it's my job to let them flourish and be who they're meant to be regardless of society gets it or not right um i think for in germany that was something that was really difficult for me because germany is so structured and sydney and marley especially will never fit in a structure right they're not made to fit in the box yeah um and i think that's rough in a structured society like germany and i know I know there are so many German kids whose parents are listening like, yes, I get this because mm-hmm. their kids don't fit in the box and they never will. But there's a lot of shame around that. Right. And it was really stressful before I went on this journey because I was worried like what people would think about Sydney or Marley when they're having their outburst or they're doing this stuff. And how will right. I how will I shape them to be these? respectable adults and all of this is on me and all this pressure and then when I realized like oh no they they are exactly who they're supposed to be and they they came to this earth knowing who they're supposed to be my only job is to water them and love them and watch right. them go into what they already know to me it was like this huge weight off my back like oh I'm not responsible for the humans they turn out to be <laughs> right. like they already know who they are. I just have to love them. Well, yeah. I can do that. And then I just have to not care what everyone else thinks. Yeah. I think like to speak on that with Sydney and Marley, like I remember Sid used to wear like gloves everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then Marley would either bring a big ass stuffed animal somewhere or she wore costumes. Costume. And it was like, like this, like she's not embarrassed or like, and it was like, no, like she's just being herself. And I think taking your approach, that's helped me to admire them for, like, I admire that Sid's so strong-willed and he will not bend, he will not do, he won't just do what you want him to do. Like, it's... No, like, he's going to speak his truth. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, like, there's so many times he's just like, Dad, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many voice messages where it's like, Dad, you suck. And like it, it took a while to like not get caught up in that. And and when I think about it, it was like okay, like the the reaction is like, what if my mom 
found out that my son sent me a message and said I sucked. And it's like, okay, I failed as a parent. Especially I think before. that that was a lot with you. Yeah. It's like, because you're raising your kids so different than how you were raised or how traditional right. Black families right. would raise their children. Yeah. And so that, like, that was, but once I figured that out, once I said, okay, like, it's not about me. Like, and then I learned to like celebrate that, that in him, like that helped me out a lot or learn, like celebrate Marley. It's just like who she is. And she's an individual. She, she's going to wear a costume. She might wear a bow tie. She might wear a hat. Like, you never know. But it was like, she was just proud of who she was. And I couldn't. And then like the thought of like dimming her light and, and kind of taking that away from taking that away from her just made me feel like an awful person so that helped it's me. heartbreaking right like yeah you know, like the thing i destroyed my my baby girl because i was embarrassed of what people would say about her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we went kind of backwards because i was going to talk about relationships first okay yeah so i was going to say yeah so let's go then, yeah let's, let's go back to how this pertains or how this can be helpful in the, in the relationship. in relationships Okay, so I'll talk about just our our <laughs> our relationship. <laughs> Why are you always talking about our stuff on here? That's what I know. You talk about what you know. Yes. Um, for me, I will speak okay. on me. For a good portion of the beginning of our marriage and relationship, I made you un un un. I was not conscious of this decision. Right. Is it unbeknownst or what? Unbe- you- unbeknownst. <laughs> unbeknownst. <laughs> Unwittingly. <All right. laughs> I made you um, responsible for my happiness. Right. And I feel like it was something that neither one of us necessarily knew because it was never discussed. Yeah. But I would, I don't know this. We haven't ever discussed this really, but I would guess that you felt the weight of that energetically oh yeah 100 percent um it was your job to make me happy and it's honestly it's kind of your fault because i was because i'm so great because you're so and great. i just like swept you off your feet and you were like <laughs> because there, awesome. <laughs> there were two times in my life when i was i was really unhappy when i first met you i was in law school yeah i was miserable um depressed not in a great place Mm -hmm. met you we got close things changed not necessarily specifically because of you but it happened to be i'll give you progress you were 99 (laughs) you were a part of that because of me because of you and then again working at the law firm um absolutely miserable we got engaged you asked me to move to israel with you you took me out of this really shitty situation. My life. But, like if we're talking, to, this is, is this facts or this is how you felt? This is how I saw it. Cause this is not okay. facts. Like, like, yeah, I didn't take, I mean. No, like I chose like you to leave everything and follow you. Yeah yeah. 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 Not in a bad way. Like I made you quit your job, but I'm just saying like, okay, like I provided you with this opportunity and you're like, okay. Like, I took it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, but in my head, the stories that I had created was like, oh, you say, you know, like I had, I failed 
for a large portion of the beginning of our marriage to recognize the role that I actually played right. in these situations. Um, and so I made you responsible for my happiness, right? Right. And my job was to, in my head, was to make sure that you could play the best basketball possible because <clears throat> your job provided for us. Right. And this was your passion. I didn't really know what my passion was. So I'm like, and, and the, let's be fair. The atmosphere around professional sports is you are the breadwinner. You are yeah. the investment. So coaches reinforce that teams right. reinforce that. Make sure your husband's getting enough sleep. Make sure like nobody is like, oh, he's a grown man. You know, it's the wife's job. Make sure things are are good at home. Make sure he's getting enough sleep. Make sure he's eating healthy. Make sure if there's, you know, a disagreement, you don't bring that up on game day. Right. You know, make sure everything is in a perfect environment for this investment. Yeah. To thrive, right? Right. Um, and it took a toll. Mm-hmm. Because it led to a lot of resentment on my part, because I was constantly sacrificing my desires and my wants for yours. Right. Because yours were more important because you made the money and you provided for us. And this was your dream, yada, yada, yada. And then when we had kids, it got worse. Because mm-hmm. then you had. More then people. I was doing the same thing for yeah. them as well because this is what a good mom does right right a good mom doesn't put her needs first a good mom puts the needs of her kids first and her husband and i'll i'm interested to hear this like from a a male point of view because i just know from a woman's point of view and i can guess that a lot of women can relate with this like you put yourself on the back burner right because that's what a good mom does but then you have a lot i had a lot of resentment about putting myself on the back burner. Right. Because I was like, well, when am I going to be someone's priority? Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and honestly, during all of my pregnancies, even though I was like so sick and miserable, part of me was like, oh, but now I get to be the priority. Because mm-hmm. it was, because I needed an excuse to make myself the priority. Right. I couldn't just say like, hey, I want to be the priority. And it was like, oh, but now I'm growing a human. I'm pregnant. Everyone, you know, like now I can be the priority. But mm-hmm. it didn't pan out because you were still a priority. Right. I mean, as I should be. <laughs> as you should be. Because like during Trey's pregnancy, your back was jacked up. So it was all about like getting you to the doctor. And like it was just happened to be like, Right. Every pregnancy fell around something with you. Like even with Sid, like it was the beginning of your season. You had away games. You had, you know, like it was never all about me. Yeah. And I wanted it to be all about me. What I failed to realize is that I was the person that had to make it all about me. Like anytime you're constantly searching for something outside of yourself to make you a priority, you're always going to be disappointed. Right. Because it's actually impossible for anyone outside of yourself to make you happy. Right. Right. So not only am I constantly disappointed, 
you're constantly failing because I gave you this role that you can never fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's actually impossible for you to make me happy. It's impossible for any one person or thing outside of me to make me happy. Right. Um, I guess from my side through all this, like all those things that you said, like I had, I have an extreme amount of guilt because of that. Like, I feel like, I guess just even from the beginning, like when I, when I was like, okay, this person I want to marry, like my idea was that we, I didn't want somebody that was going to take care of me. I didn't want somebody that was going to make sure that everything was, I wanted a partner. I wanted some, an equal. And like, I, I felt guilty about the situation turning the way it did. Like this, like where it's just, okay, like I have to do this on game day. I have to have a nap. I have to do that. Like there was like a lot, a lot of guilt that I still feel about that, but that I felt and like, I've always wanted the situation. I don't know. I guess as a husband and what you're taught inside, like I wanted to be a situation where I was taking care of you, where it was, I was providing for you. And it, I guess in, with professional basketball, the only way I could do that is by being a priority where making sure that, that I get my rest. So I'm able to perform or that, um, I don't know all the things you said, like, where it being more about you, I don't know. I just feel I feel a, a lot of guilt around that. Like I feel guilty about missing a lot of things with your pregnancy and um, knowing that I was doing all this and it still wasn't making you happy. I think that that was hard. I guess that. you just raised a good point that I I never really considered, and I definitely didn't consider at the time. Is that with, as a professional basketball player, you were you were able to provide for me financially. Financially, yeah. And that was really it because you didn't actually have control over your own life. Right. So, like, you couldn't make me a priority because you couldn't I'm- really... You had no say in anything. Yeah, I've never had any say. It's as far as when if I can think of when I really got serious about basketball. Like it was, I never had any say of what it was. High school, it was okay. Like I know it's not the season, but we got preseason. We got to do this, and we got to do this after the season. And then when you go to college, it's it's the same thing. It's like you never really have time. And I guess for me, like that was normal for me so like it was normal it was normal for me to kind of be the priority it was normal for me to uh you know have to to do these things in order to perform well yeah and um and you you didn't say it so like i just assumed that everything was well and i assumed that this is was okay yeah yeah because i didn't i mean i kept it inside and it just but like, I could also feel dude, it though. Like I could feel you when you feel. were and that's when you know that's where the guilt came in because it's like okay, like I know it's something wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know because this is this isn't my life. This is how my life has always been. And I never I never considered it with another person, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. And and for you, it was for you, it was a normal what you were used to yeah. and be worth it because right. it was your dream. Right. And for me and I, I'm a lot of wives and or girlfriends in this situation, we were not I was not prepared for what life with a professional athlete would look like. Right. I I didn't know a of the number of sacrifices right i would be making um and they were sacrifices for somebody else's dream like that that really hit me after you retired and it wasn't until after you retired when i was like oh like there's no reward at the end for me because i was sacrificing for your dream the whole time like it wasn't it wasn't like you know, like, oh, you make all these sacrifices, but it's all worth it in the end. And I'm not going to say it wasn't worth it. I mean, there were. That's exactly what you just said. <laughs> it's not the same. There are amazing things that I got <coughs> to experience and that our children got to experience. And so I'm not going to say it's not worth it, but it, there was no big reward at the end because at the end it was still about you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and I guess like, like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I? <laughs> I don't know can't. what to do with that. I can't do yeah. anything about it. You can't it's... do anything with that. But it's like, also, I can't be like, well, that's your journey. Like, I don't, I feel like I can't do that. I feel like I have to be, I and mean, I guess that's part of my personality is wanting everything to be peaceful. I can't be like, oh, you know what? That's your shit you got to deal with. Or that's. But that, I mean, but the truth is, that is. is my journey that I have to work through. Like, that's. Like we talk about this all the time with our kids. And I, it's something I remind you all the time too. Like you are not responsible for other people's reaction. Like you are not responsible. And like, how often do you censor yourself or do you not do something that would bring you joy? Cause you're like, well, it's gonna, it's gonna upset that person. Right. And like, that you're not responsible. Like if it upsets that person, then that's their wax to work through. That's something that they have to look at within themselves and figure out why did this upset me? Now it's different if you're trying to upset someone, like that's a totally different thing. But if you're doing something that brings you joy and it ends up upsetting someone else, then that's, that is their journey. That's their wax to work through. So if you're doing like, that's, that is what I had to work through. Like that is part of my journey part of my awakening so to speak is like recognizing like actually your actions had nothing to do with me you were doing what brought you joy and it was my job to find out what brought me joy and do more of that right the problem is it took me a really long time to get there because I was stuck in this martyrdom motherhood thing that like well, that's not what moms do. It's really nice that you have the opportunity to do all that, but I can't do that because I'm a mom. Right. And moms don't just put themselves first. What kind of a mom would do that? Right. I mean, I guess so now was that, I don't want to change the subject before. Mm-mm. Okay. So how do we, as a society, how do we get to a place where that's the norm because I feel like the norm is like like I feel I would say like in the black community or 
I'll say when you when you come from not having a lot of money and you're somewhat successful, there is a pressure or a thought that you have to take care of. Like I, I have to take care of my family because my mom sacrificed for me. She did this. She worked two jobs. She did all this so I can have a dream. So how do you how do you get out of that mindset? Because I think naturally people, yeah, of course I want to help my mom. Of course I want to buy my mom stuff nice or or my dad or or whoever. But how do you how do we get to a place where it's, you don't feel guilty about it or you don't feel like there's this idea that this is that's your responsibility, like that's your your job because you have like you owe this person. You you, have right. to, you owe this person. You have to repay them because they did all this for you. I think it's I think it's really hard in the black community because there is this crazy pressure of, you know, I did all this and now and now you do owe me. You owe me, you owe our community, you should come back here, you should lift up where you came from. And I think you have to the first thing you have to do is be okay with people being pissed at you. Right. You know? Yeah. But then are the, is that, are you being ungrateful? Are you, are, is, is being ungrateful even a thing? Like, are you not being appreciative? Because you can be appreciative and say, yo, like, I, dog, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you owe someone, like. Buy you a house yeah, or whatever. You can always, <laughs> exactly. Or I got to take you out of your current financial situation or whatever right. thing may be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when it comes to your parents, I think it, it you owe them nothing i would never want our children like if you got me a nice if they got us a nice gift or something like oh awesome how nice of you right i would never expect because are you doing it because you love the person are you because you are you doing it because you expect and i think that's the problem that's the problem when you forego your joy for someone else's joy even when it's your children or when it's your right. husband or when it's anybody, it always comes with these expectations that this person is supposed to be so overwhelmingly thankful yeah. for you doing that. And usually they're not. Mm-hmm. Because I think on the receiving end, you're like, okay, like this person is just doing this out of the kindness of their yeah, heart. They, yeah, you're thankful, but you're not like, I mean, yeah. You know, you expect people. I think a lot of it is like in our situation, you'd always be like, I'll make this up to you. I'll make this up to you. And it's like, no, you're not going to make it up to me because how could you possibly make it up to me? Because I'm the one that forwent my joy. Like it wasn't your job to make it up to me. I'm the one that decided to put your happiness above my own. Right. And then got angry when nobody reciprocated the favor. Instead of just being like, oh, no, I'm going to put my happiness first. Okay. You know, and I think the problem is everyone tells me that I'm selfish, not me personally, but tells you you're selfish. Right. You know, if you make, if you put your happiness first, then you're selfish. Yeah. And but I, I would say, okay. No, go ahead. In relationships, I feel like there is kind of like a, a give and take, though. There is something like. Like you, I guess you're just doing it out of the kindness of your heart. You're not doing it. Like I'm, you know, I don't buy your diamond ring because, oh, like you, for 18 years, you came and 
you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think that's though. I think like what I'm talking about, there's like stuff I do for you to make you happy, of course, because I think not because I think that it will make you happy or I think that you'll like it. And I think right. absolutely that's what it is with relationships. The problem comes when I sacrifice my own joy right. for your joy, right? Like when I really don't want to do something, but I do, do it, it anyway because I think it will make you happy when I'm not making myself, because the thing is like, if I'm making myself happy, anything you do on top of that's just bonus. Right. Like that's awesome, but it's not a necessity for my joy. And I think the problem is when I place all my power on you, right. Then I've stripped myself of the ability to make me happy and you can't actually make me happy. And so now I'm just in this really unhappy place full of resentment you feel guilty and that's where we were in our marriage around mm. 2017 like I was really unhappy you felt guilty no, there was nothing that anyone could do I've, I've placed my power in your hands there's nothing you can do with my power I don't have right. my power anymore so now I'm sitting here powerless and you get at a standstill you get stuck and I think that's yeah. where a lot of relationships are Right. And I think one of the first things you do is you take your power back, right? Yeah. And in our situation, I, I went on a trip by myself. Which is something that you had been telling me to do for a really long time, if I'm being fair. And I was always like, well, I don't right. have a luxury. Because yeah. you were constantly traveling, and I was constantly left alone with the kid. Yeah. And that was something that I felt was really unfair because I was in a foreign country to support your career and then you were gone all the time so then I was stuck in this foreign country with the kids with no help right and having to navigate the situation and it was like but I'm here for you but then you're not even here navigating with me and it was this situation where it led to a lot of resentment and you were constantly saying well why don't you go on a trip why don't you go on a trip why don't you do something and I'm like, oh, how funny. Like, good idea. Mom can't do that. Right. Go on a trip, you know. And then finally I, I reached the stage where I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh. Yeah, and you were, really, you were really supportive of that. Yeah. But the amount of mom guilt that I had around that. Right. Because also the kids were not okay with that. They were used to you leaving. Yeah. And they were not used to me leaving. And you were leaving because you had to. I was leaving because I wanted to. Wanted to. And that that was really difficult. The kids had an issue with that. I cried the entire way to the airport because I felt so bad. Um, right. But I even I, think, like, even that, sorry, that was a good lesson for all of us and even for the kids that. It's different when you're leaving because you have to, because it's work, but you're leaving because ultimately this is, will help you be a better mom or be a better yeah. wife or just a better person in general. And I think that was a good lesson for all of us to, for you to take that true. I think it was too. And I, you know, I worried like, am I messing my kids up? Are they going to think you don't worry about I'm me be with them? I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, yeah. But then ultimately, I'm like, oh, no, I'm teaching them that right. 
it's okay to put yourself first. Like it's okay to, to do yes. things that you, that want, that bring you joy. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a perfectionist times 200 mm-hmm. and in my quest to be the perfect mom, I succeeded in being a very unhappy mom. Right. Um, and recognizing that my kids actually just want a happy mom. They don't want a perfect mom. Right. Um, okay, so I feel like not it's easier, but it's, well, yeah, I'll say for lack of better words, it's easier to have this idea with another adult. But like yeah. how, like in a relationship, but how do you, I feel like it's harder to do it with kids who don't, who don't think as an adult and they don't, you know, they don't, they don't quite understand that I don't want to go sit at a soccer game for two hours, but I'm doing it. But I'm doing it because, yeah. I'm doing it for you, right. And, or, and that's what I'm still trying to figure out with kids yeah. because, because you are willing to do so, a certain amount of sacrifices for your children because right. of your children, Right. But right. then I, I do, if I'm being completely transparent, I do find myself in situations where I recognize in the middle of it, oh, I didn't want to do this. And this is a spot <clears throat> where I should have said, no, oh, for yeah. example, the other night when Trey wanted to go watch Monday night football with his baseball team right? and it was 30 minutes away and you're in Germany and it was a stressful situation. And I, you know, at first I said like, buddy, I don't think it's going to happen. And then he clearly really wanted to go and so I made it happen mm-hmm. in the mix of that I ended up being in the car two hours for him to be there an hour and I recognized halfway through as I felt the resentment brewing like oh this was a situation where this I should have set a boundary right and I should have said like I sorry buddy I I don't want to be in the car for two hours so you can be there right and this is one where I sacrificed my joy for my child. And it, and you know what? He, he got in the car afterwards and was like, it wasn't even that fun. (laughs) 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 And It wasn't like, he was like, well, thank you so much, mom. That was fun. You know what I mean? Like, right. As is the case usually. (laughs) Yeah. Like kids are always like, Okay, like, no, I didn't have a good time anyway. Like, yeah, like he wouldn't have missed out anything. And and so I think like that is where I still, I mean, of course, this is like life's work, right? Like constant, constantly learning and growing. Like like you figured it out all of a sudden now you never do it. Yeah, there's no end point. Like it's just, you just get deeper and deeper. And, and yeah, with the kids, that's, that's where I find where I'm still, where I still struggle, where I'm like, you know, and I'm usually halfway in before I recognize it's like my mind right. yelling at me. Like you, this is not what we wanted to do tonight. You could have been at home. And and in the mix, I missed the entire Chiefs game. Right. Because <laughs> I was in the car. Like we could have all yeah. been home just watching the Chiefs just game together. He would have been fine. But, you know, that was where I got caught up in being the perfect mom. Yeah. And it came back to bite me. So. I'm still, I'm still messing up. Could you tell a difference once I started making myself more of a priority and once I energetically took that power back to make myself happy? Yeah. And if I'll be honest, like the change was scary because 
you're not, you know, with certain stuff, you don't beat around the bush. So it's like you had made like a uh, like a cold, like hard stand, mm-hmm. and it. I don't know. It it shocked me for a minute. And it made me worry. Like shit. Like you know, like kind of. I don't know. Like not that I was doing anything wrong, but it was just like, man, like I don't know. Like I didn't have power anymore. Like it was just like you could leave if you wanted to, or you could, uh, or like you came to your senses, like hey, maybe this guy isn't as great as, he, as I thought he was. But it was, it was scary at first. I'll say the beginning was scary and it was, it was hard. Because but then you, it made me, because made if me you weren't responsible for my happiness, right. then I could security leave. Yeah, that came up. But it was like, okay, like, it was like, okay, well, what is my, what is my role now? Like, what, what do I do as a husband? Like, if I'm, if I'm not here to make you happy, then kind of, yeah, kinda lost. like she, it, she's here strictly because she wants to be here. And that thought is right. But then it was like, she doesn't, but <laughs> it was like, okay. Like she was here because she felt like she had to do it for me. But now that she feels like she does it. Is she gonna leave? Like, is she is she going back home, or like, how is how is this gonna play out? It was a it was scary, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But then it got it got better, and I saw the difference. And it like it made me want to like, okay, like, what is this? Like, she's a completely different person, and it was like slowly I was like, okay, like maybe there's maybe some small thing that I can work on, even though I'm great and perfect. <laughs> Maybe there is like one thing I can change, you know, <laughs> but it, yeah, it kind of made me want to go on a journey myself. And work on yourself. And yeah. 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 <clears throat> Do you think that men have the same struggle? Like mom guilt or what? Like, no, like as far as feeling because I know I've, I've talked to a lot of men in my sessions and stuff where, where they feel this pressure from their wife, but they don't know how to make them happy. Like they're trying everything, but right. they can't make them happy and their wives aren't recognizing like, oh, because we have to make ourselves happy and vice versa. Does this apply to men as well, where they're looking for their wives to make them happy or lots of times I think men look outside of themselves in other areas. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's accurate. I think, um, yeah, I, I think I felt like, I don't know, like my role was always to be a provider. My role was always to be, um, I don't know, someone that took care of you, that, that was my responsibility. And now that I didn't have that responsibility anymore, or now that it wasn't a prior, not a priority, now that it wasn't on the table anymore, it was like, yeah. okay, like, what, what do I do? And it was like, okay, there were, I felt like I was, okay, I'm doing everything. Like, I'm, you know, we, I've stayed in this team for, for however long because I didn't want to move us. And I felt like I was doing a lot not a lot, but doing some things on my part that was making the situation okay, and then like, then nobody was happy. Then those like, where do I where do I go now? Mm-hmm. And I I think it is important to the second question. It is important for men to 
kind of have this journey because if I think more than not, men have a similar situation where, you know, we get to a point where it's like, what am I outside of my profession or what am I outside of providing for my family? Um, and I think that's where you go outside to try to, to look for, I think a lot of affairs happen that way because yeah. you men recognize they're unhappy or women both like you recognize you're unhappy and you think it's your partner making you unhappy. You think it's them. Yeah. They're yeah. Them and for, so you're going to look, yeah. you know, this is going to make me happy or, you know, the whole midlife crisis. Like there's a reason right. you have these awakenings, you know, in your late thirties, forties, because it's, yeah. You you realize you've done all this and you realize like but wait I'm unhappy and go buy the yeah. new car or you you know you're you're looking outside of yourself for happiness and I think that that's a common theme in all humans um, right and I, I think say, a big part of it is just giving yourself permission to make yourself a priority yeah without shame and without guilt and I think that's the key right I would say. I think men also feel the pressure, especially married men with family. Like you feel the pressure to, you kind of have to put your family needs before yours in a way. And you, you feel, feel this pressure. Mm-hmm. And you, I feel like I don't, okay. I, I don't have time to think about my feelings. I don't have time to, um, you know, think how I feel about this situation. I think the, my role is to, you know, provide for my family, whether that's financially, uh, having a roof over their head, like things like that. And I think men just don't feel like, and I think society doesn't let allow men to feel that way. As no. Far as, like, okay, how are your feelings? No, like, how are your feelings? You your don't feelings? have time. Like, yeah. I think because so often men work outside of the house and women are yeah. in the house with the kids or whatever. Um, or even if the women are in the house, the role of the children usually falls on the women. I'm totally generalizing here, but you know, men are doing all of this stuff. And so then when you actually get some downtime, it's like, Oh, but now you should be involved with the kids. Like you should want that. And so there's really never time carved out for a man to say, but I need some time to myself because you're already gone all day. And I think that was the situation with us with you traveling with basketball and everything is like when you didn't have practice and when you weren't traveling, you felt the pressure of, well, I should be with the kids. I should want to be with the family. And you did want to hang out with the family too, but you also need that time. Like you said, carved out to yourself. Right. But it's like, Oh, but you're gone all the time. And now you're going to take extra time for yourself, you know? Right. Which before I was taking time for myself, that's how I was. But once I started making myself a priority and taking time for myself, then I was able to say, Hey, go on a bike ride, like go do stuff on your own. And you were able to do it without feeling guilty. Yeah. That's funny. I was going to say that. Like, I felt like I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have that right. I was like, I didn't have that right to to say, even that I'm tired. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't say I was tired because then it'd be like, well, okay, in actuality, you went to practice and play basketball for two hours. You know, where like I wasn't at home with kids, I didn't have to cook, I didn't deal with school or anything like that. So I feel like I couldn't say that I was tired, or I felt like I could say that I needed a day or I needed to go ride my bike or something like that. I feel like I couldn't say that because I didn't 
Like I didn't do as much as you did. And, and the so truth like, was, there was the pressure. You, you were tired because you waited till after we all went to bed. Yeah. That's that time like, for you. Yeah. That's why I stayed up. Cause I was like, okay, yeah. this is, I got everybody to bed, care sleep. I did the dishes. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. Now I'm going to. Now I have time for myself. Watch TV but, for two hours or whatever. But and now then, you didn't get enough sleep. Regretted in the morning. Because <laughs> you waited. So you know what I mean? Instead of being yeah. like, oh, no, I'm going to go on a bike ride because I'm a better dad and a better husband when right. I have that time alone. Yeah. You well, don't think, have to do it at night. Yeah. We had both had this, like, I had was sleeping in. Like, I, I feel terrible when I sleep in. Or especially when it's, like, a school day and, like, everything yeah. is going on and I just, like, I wake up and everybody's gone. And I'm like, shit. Like, that wasn't my intention, but I did stay up till two in the morning. Right. To, <laughs> it creates a watch cycle. TV. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, work in progress. Work in progress. And it's, I feel like it's equally as important for men to mm-hmm. ask themselves what makes them happy as it is for women. Me too. And I, I will say, I, I do feel like with our culture now, there's more of a movement for women to do it. And there's not really the movement for men, for men to, to have the right to carve out that time and to do it. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, the, I mean, I think it's getting more popular with men, but I, I, I don't know. I think especially in a family situation or a husband and wife situation, I think it's, a little bit harder because if like for a man or even a woman if you're someone who breadwinner you work all the time it's like okay when i have this free time i should want to spend my free time with my spouse or my kids and there's this idea that it's selfish to mm-hmm. to say i need me time mm-hmm. for a second because mm-hmm. like you said earlier that ultimately that makes me a better wife that makes me a better husband mm-hmm. better father or whatever and I think a lot of times people don't recognize that with men, you know, like yeah. you've been at work, you've been stressful, you've been stressed all day, you come home and your wife's just waiting for you to get home so that she can hand the kids off. Yeah. Kids. She can get some time and it's like, okay, but you, the only time you're actually getting is for a normal man, the commute to right. work home from work, you know, and you see those men that just sit in their car and don't want to go in the house. <laughs> and it's like, you can, you understand, you know, yeah. like, yeah um i would say also on men's side like it's important for us to to have the conversation with each other like to say hey man this is what i'm going through or like you know what do you do or even if i'm like talking to a friend of mine i'm like yo you know like sometimes i just go on a bike ride because i need to do that and yeah and let them know that it's okay and like okay ultimately it's it's better for my marriage it's better for my relationship with my kids yeah. and i think i'm guilty of just having surface conversations or like i'm very selective of what i yeah what i tell to my other male friends because it's you know you just don't feel comfortable or you you don't want to seem weak or or anything like that i think most of us are going through the same thing and i think it's important that we have the conversations with each other so that we can help each other out yeah yeah because i think it's one thing for your wife to say hey man like you need to like you need to take a day to yourself whatever and you feel like you can't do that but if you have another guy that you respect and that 
you know, as a husband and mm-hmm. a father and, you know, he said like, hey, this is important. You need to do this, I think. You would listen. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and for I think that's what, wife. Yeah. That's something that moms do. Moms get together. Yeah, and it's have true. These meetings and you talk about, you know, the stresses of. We support each other. and Yeah, being a mom. Yeah. But I, I don't think there's so many groups. For men to do that. single dad group but if i'm not a yeah. single dad like i on paper everything is okay i just, right. I just need to veg out a little bit yeah and for for couples <coughs> to have these conversations of you know yeah maybe this this saturday is my time and next saturday is your time and where you you really carve out time for for each other and right toward each other in that way i will say um it's it's better, but it was really hard for me to have like an honest conversation about our happiness or each other's happiness or whatever. Cause it was, I know it's kind of like vulnerable, but it's also, it's like, you don't, I don't want to say the wrong things or like, I feel like it's, I mean, we've known each other forever, but it, mm-hmm. it's, there's still like things where it's like hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think, you just had to be willing to to talk about it with your with your spouse. Yeah, and I, that's something I'm still getting used to. Yeah, I think so because you're so often you're you're afraid that your spouse is going to use that against you or jump on it or right or you don't want to add voice for an argument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just get on a podcast and talk about it, and then yeah, just do it. it. Just air it out in front of. <laughs> brilliant idea beauty idea we will be vulnerable so that you guys can too it's my my last podcast i'm done you're welcome i'm retiring from the podcast no awesome anything else you want to add uh no i think that's it i think it was a good topic i think it's something that people need to do more and mm-hmm. that as a society or i don't know before society catches i think catch up i think as a person you can you can look yeah. at these things and say like you're not being selfish it's yeah. ultimately to make me a better person we are giving you permission to put yeah. yourself first yeah no judgment no judgment all right cool cool thank you for listening to permission to be honest We hope you liked this episode. If you have questions you want answered, topics you want to be discussed, or if you wish to be a guest on our show, then please email us at permissiontobehonest at gmail.com. That is permissiontobehonest at gmail.com. And if you like our show, please tell a friend and leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you. And we'll see you again very soon.